Well, once again, more great access with our 35th district representatives, State Senator Drew McEwen on the line now. How you doing, Drew? Wonderful. And yourself? I am great. Thank you. Uh, bringing up today Initiative 2117. We briefly talked about it last week, but this is an interesting one to me uh, in the sense that this is another initiative signed by enough people to have the threshold uh, to be brought into the legislature for either um, a hearing or a vote on this. And if nothing happens, it'll move to November. The, the reason I say that is because I don't remember uh, this happening as often as I'm reading about recently. Can you let's talk about that and then talk about what the process is going to be? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, yeah, there are a number of initiatives that appear to be qualifying for the ballot this year or excuse me, qualifying as initiatives to the legislature this year. Um, and I actually uh, had uh, um Ran into uh, Sam Reed, former Secretary of State, uh, yesterday. Yeah, and uh, you know we we're talking a little bit about this, and that uh, you know there's there could be up to six of them that uh, that qualify as initiatives to the legislature. And I just made the comment that you know, my it's a lot. And he goes, "Well, in 1970, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> um, with all due respect to Sam, he served. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> a long time. But uh, apparently, there was a year in the 70s where there was 22. <laughs> wow so, certainly certainly in my tenure in the legislature this uh, uh these six that uh um are coming at us um is is a, is a high number um one of the highest numbers i've certainly seen but apparently uh well behind the uh the record <laughs> so it, it seems to me that this makes the whole process even more complicated for the voter in november if nothing happens if uh, so, the legislature, if I'm correct here, can offer a kind of side by side vote on this where the wording is real similar, maybe, and it's kind of like the same idea. How it just seems to complicate this whole process, yeah. This is where it gets wonky. Um, the uh, so let, let's walk through what the what happens with an initiative once it's right. certified, which 2117, uh, which deals with the Climate Commitment Act, and then. I always get my numbers wrong. The uh, the other one that was qualified uh, this past week is uh, regarding the police pursuit issue. Right. Uh, once certified and given to the legislature, the legislature has a couple of options. One, do nothing, goes to the ballot next November. Second is uh, have a hearing and still do nothing. It goes to the ballot in November. Third, have a hearing, vote on it. If it passes the Senate and the House, it becomes law. Uh, and then the last option, which is where it gets weird, is um, you take one of those first three scenarios where, uh, for whatever reason, the legislature does not vote on it, uh, but passes a bill that the attorney general's office deems as a substitute. In that situation, both of those items would go on the ballot. So let's say you uh, have an initiative that says the, uh, uh, the, the sky is blue, and the legislature then passes a bill that says the sky is, uh, you know, light blue. The attorney general could say, "Well, these are these are similar. We're going to put them both on the ballot and let the voters decide." Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's I, as simple as I can make it. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand what you're saying there. Wow, that is uh, that is interesting. What are your thoughts on how this is going to go? Have you heard any sort of uh, movement on the majority side of the aisle to at least get this into um, a, a hearing? So I, I've. You know, I, I, I've been pressing with uh, Senator Wynn, who chairs the Energy and Environment Technology Committee, and that's what I'm the ranking member on, to uh, to have a hearing. 
at, at the very start of session, he uh, uh, my takeaway was he he would agree to to hear it. I I don't have any illusions that they're going to move on it. They won't. But I've just been pressing that at a minimum, you got to hear it. I mean, uh, hundreds of thousands of people in this state signed it, and are, we're hearing time and again about the uh, the issues that are surrounding the, the the CCA, the Climate Commitment Act. At a minimum, let the people have a voice. And, you know, I, I get it that it's not going to fit your political um, uh, criteria, uh, but at least let the people have their voice and then once again have their voice next November. And I I can't say with 100 percent certainty, but I say with a high level of confidence that uh, I, I think we'll at least hear uh, twenty one seventeen dealing with the Climate Commitment Act. But that'll that'll be as far as it gets. I mean, they're not going to. They're certainly not going to vote on it. There, we could see, uh, including with the uh, the linkage bill, which deals with uh, tying our carbon credit market auction to uh, Quebec and California. Um, there's that bill, and there are some other things in the works that could potentially be deemed to be, um, you know, a, a suitable replacement by the uh, by the attorney general. In which case, that's where we get in that messy situation where multiple things around the same issue end up on the ballot, and that'll be tough. Um, but uh, it's tough in terms of voters figuring out um, what they want to do. When it comes to bills, and I know uh, on short sessions, long sessions, uh, there are uh, many bills that are placed into the hopper. Um, and not everything is going to get a hearing. But when it comes to, like you mentioned, uh, citizen signed initiatives that appear to have gone over the threshold, what would be the reasons to just to, like you mentioned, just not have even uh, an initial hearing on what this is all about? Well, I don't think there is a good reason. Our state constitution actually addresses this in Article 2 and says that an initiative by the people shall take precedence over all other legislation with the exception of appropriations. Uh, so, and to be fair, I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't hear an initiative that you like and then choose not to hear another one. So if I'm holding the gavel someday and there's an initiative that uh, that I don't like, um, I'm committed. I will hear it um, whether I like it or not. Um, and, and I think we've got to be consistent in how we, we look at that. Uh, again, the Constitution addresses this issue. Um, there isn't really a recourse or a mechanism to force it. Um you know, in terms of force of hearing that in uh, that way. But again, I mean, either you, you respect the Constitution or you don't. And uh, uh, that's why I believe it's incumbent to at least have the hearing. And then maybe not the whole floor will fully I mean, they'll read the notes and what comes out from the, the meetings. Um, maybe the whole floor may not have an underst full understanding of what's happening, but at least within the committee that then can report out to its members on what's happening here and that's a sole decision based on the uh majority party ranking member yep uh yeah the the chair of each right. of the the, the respective chair. committee yeah okay yeah um to me the biggest part of this though is the public process um you know the the, the founding uh fathers of this state in uh um uh, in writing the constitution you know had the initiative process in there for a reason and that was for people to be able to have a check on what uh, the legislature did or didn't do. And I, I think it's vitally important to, uh, to have that voice heard. And so again, doesn't mean you got to agree. Um, but the only time that the, the public gets to really have an input in the process when we're in session is through a public hearing. So let's do it and let's let, let people have their peace. 
And once again, one of the, uh, I guess, benefits that came out of the pandemic is the ability that showed all of us we can uh, make these remote statements, remote comments when it comes to these hearings. There are ways that you can get signed up, uh, either come to Olympia, but if you can't make that long drive, maybe the, you know, the passes are closed or something like that over there, you, or you don't want to spend uh, 12 hours of your day trying to get here and back. Uh, there are opportunities for folks to make online uh, mentions about these things. Drew, I'm not going to keep you here too much longer. That was a good conversation and uh, deep dive into the uh, the back end of a lot of these <laughs> initiatives and voting there. Drew is online at Drew McEwen, that's one word, dot S-R-C dot wasstateledge.org. I'll put the links in the notes here as well, serving the 35th district as our uh, state senator here. Drew McEwen, thank you so much, bud. Thank you. Great to talk with you. We'll see you next week.